Ready? <clears throat> I'm ready, man. Derek. What's up, dude? Ryan, what's going on, man? Dude, look at our display here. I love this. <laughs> this is uh, this is exciting. You know, we're in New Jersey. Guns in a backyard, man. Fires, cigars. <laughs> I feel like I'm up in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, man. In a free state. Absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, yeah. at least we got a warm night. Yeah, it's not bad. We do have some snow around us. That's but right. this was from uh, days ago, and it's actually all uh, melting because of the heat. So, yep. thank God for that. No, it's gonna it's gonna melt from the heat that we're gonna put out tonight. So, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna lay down the fire as mm -hmm. you put on your post today. I like that. Mm -hmm. That was funny. <laughs> it was so funny. I showed that to a couple people that I just ran into. You know, my mm -hmm. operations guy was working with me today, and mm -hmm. even my wife, and she's like, "Is this guy crazy?" I'm like, "No, nah, he just he just <laughs> knows how to get people fired up. You know, yeah. grab your eye." Yeah. And uh, I like that about you. Um, I think we first connected after I did Jamie's podcast. Either I followed you or I, I saw you shooting with him or, or mm -hmm. something yep. like that. And I was like, all right, this guy's going. I'm like, I don't really know what his deal is. I'll kind of yeah. monitor him. He could be somebody good for the show. <laughs> and um, long story short, we had chatted a little bit. You yep. had said, you know, the podcast seems cool. We'd love to yeah. be on. And again, I thank you for coming on. No problem, I know you're anytime. hustling. Got a little baby at home, baby yeah. boy. Little Giovanni. Giovanni. Almost three months old. Yep, and you're a yeah. married man. So yeah. your, your wife is there as, as on top of being a business owner. So a lot of that stuff is extremely um, time consuming. So I Exciting appreciate it. time in my life right now. It is. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And, when the, and when your boy is too, as you just seen Colton, um, just the stuff that you start to do with them and they start to understand and... I can't wait till they get to that age, you know, where he could be walking around next to you and bringing them out for, for car rides and out shooting some guns Absolutely. and all that well, good stuff. Yeah, you know, we're jumping ahead, but let's let's let my ADD roll. <laughs> what age would you recommend, based on the training and all the certs that you have, a kid should start shooting a gun or can? I like to tell parents to at least teach their their kids as young as possible, at least... Show them, it. show them, you know, what's right from wrong. You know, guns can be, the guns are dangerous if they're in the wrong hands. Yeah. You know, so safety is key. Like as, as long as you start about safety right from the beginning, like keeping your finger off the trigger, never point your mu mu muzzle in, a, in a, a direction of other people or anything like that. You know, if you start blasting that into the kid's head, you know, right from the get-go, you know, they'll learn over the years as yeah. you get going until the time you bring them to a range, you know? Yeah, and I show Colton. Not yeah. a toy. Not a yeah, toy. Not a not toy, toy. Not a toy. Not yeah. a toy. And just for everybody who may be offended, um, some of our friends on, on the slight left, um, none of these weapons are loaded. So, Absolutely. And um, I asked this gentleman here who's got all these <laughs> certifications if you wanted a bourbon and you yeah. were clear about no alcohol with the guns, which no. I, I fully uh, understand. Um, it's so all about safety. <laughs> yeah, safety, man. It's, yeah. it's it's everything. I have a, a lockbox that's locked with a key, a code, and my fingerprint. Um, uh, additional weapons are put up, you know, very high where it's out of the reach of the kids, uh, yeah. as well as my wife. Not that she would um, use it unless needed to. So uh, I'm all about the safety as well. So let's jump into your story a little bit. You know, a little housekeeping. This show is mm -hmm. about displaying people who didn't either a take the traditional route, meaning they weren't a great high school student they may have gotten kicked out of high school or they didn't go to college or got kicked out of college or they jumped out of the rat race right they made a shift in their life late 30s early 40s where they said i'm done working for corporate america i'm going to go out and create my own freedom and flexibility um which mike 
from our last episode mm -hmm. did for himself. You know, yeah. was able to spend some more time with his kids. So you grew up in South River, right? South River, yeah. Little, uh, little tiny town in central New Jersey. Um, I don't know. What can I say about me? I was, uh, I was a troublemaker growing up. You know, growing up, I was, was always getting into trouble, fighting and doing stuff that I wasn't supposed to do. And you know, did that start at like a young age, like twelve, young 13. age? You know, I was just, I was a typical kid. You know, I just wanted to go out and have fun. Uh, I was skateboarding all the time and skating in places that we weren't supposed to, getting trespassed and stuff, and you know, writing on high school rival school buses, and yeah. you know, that's that, that was a typical me, you know, getting into fights in high school all the time, but. Um, that was like the brick kids I grew up with, we all kind of yeah, did man. It's like very as, similar things. As we get older, we all seem to get wiser, you know, we all grow out of that stuff, you know, at some point in, in someone's life or, or path, you're gonna realize like, you know, maybe this isn't the way. Maybe I got to do something for myself or for my family. You know, like there's got to be a breaking point. And and I've had a few breaking points where like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I, I've I've hopped through job after job. I probably had, you know, in my teens, I probably had 30, 40 jobs, you know, because I couldn't keep anything or I was sick of it or I just didn't like people. Like, yeah. it just, you know, it, it was tough finding who I am and, and what I loved. Yeah. And, you know, my whole career path was, you know, I tried to follow my father. He was a big construction worker. He came to America, you know, in the, in the, the early 70s and started a construction business. From where? From Poland. Poland. And he just started building houses and doing siding and construction and stuff like that and just, you know, providing for his family. And at first I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go into the construction route. Maybe I'll try doing construction, working for my cousins or uncles or whatever. Didn't work out. Then my father helped me get my commercial driving's uh, CDL, and I was driving tractor trailers for a long time. That route, I felt comfortable in, you know, because I'm, I'm by myself in a truck, just hustling, driving 10, 12 hours a day at the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I felt like I could be who I am then. Um, and I got canned from so, my last- Yeah, let me, let me before you get too ahead, yeah. let me kind of bring you back and, and, you know, pick apart some of that. So, Troubled youth, you know, probably from, you know, your young teens mm -hmm. on through high school. I think it was your first or second year out of high school. Mm -hmm. You were kicked out of high school. What were you kicked yeah. out for? <laughs> so in South River, um, I would always get into trouble all the time. You know, uh, I would get in school suspension and stuff like that. So ISS, ISS, man, that was, that was my go-to place. You know, yeah. I'd be in there at least three days a week, you know, so, yeah, um, same. and there's, you know, there's a, a friend of mine, Ashley, um, we were in ISS together and we both had the same class and we were in, you know, doing like this whole test thing. And I stood up in IS, ISS and walked over and stood over her and I was like, hey, can you help me out with this question or something like that? And the teacher during that one period, you know, was like, why are you sexually harassing this girl? And I lost it, dude. I lost it. I went back, I grabbed my chair and chucked it at the teacher. And I'm like, you know, don't ever accuse me. Even Ashley was like, you know, he just asked me for a simple question. And principal called me into the office and, uh, and he was like, I'm gonna have to suspend you for two months. And, and uh, I said, fuck it, I'm out, dude. You know, just, yeah. I'm not, never coming back to the shithole again. Yeah. You know, it was just always stupid stuff going on. And I'm like, you know, maybe high school isn't for me. Now, do you look back, cause yeah. I have certain situations that are very similar. Yeah. Um, not regards to sexual harassment, but points in school where mm -hmm. I just lost it said fuck you and they gave me the boot mm -hmm. do you ever 
regret. And again, we should never look behind us. Do you mm -hmm. have a slight thought in your more mature self with the wisdom that you have obtained now? Do you think, hey, you know, maybe I could have handled that situation a little bit different? Um, yes and no, you know, because in a way, I felt it like it shaped me who I am today, you know? I just, I don't hey, need guidance. I don't need guidance from somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm creating my own fate. I'm creating my own history, pretty yeah, much. That you know? step so, maybe led you to where you are today. And again, I'm not saying you should. Yeah. Some people are like, man, I, I wish I was better in school. I wish that. I personally believe everything that I did happened for a reason. Happened for a reason, yeah. and there was a, a destiny for me. Yeah. Mike Gorman, I don't know if you watched that one at all. He's the older gentleman who's the yeah. estate attorney. Yep. Many, many man, many lives, and he's all into this, you know, spiritual stuff. I'm not saying I believe in what he does, but I do think whether it be God, spirits, the universe, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you are predestined to kind of, yeah. you know, be what you're going to be. Yep. So I, I fully agree with you. So you get kicked out. You go over to New Brunswick or Oldbridge? No, to Oldbridge, yeah. So, so I graduated out of Oldbridge there, did my final two years. Um, you know, after bouncing around from a couple different schools, you know, I went to different academies and stuff, got kicked out of there, ended up going to Oldbridge and graduated out of there. Um, and then it was just, you know, it, it was putting the big boy pants on and finding out what I'm going to do, you know, what kind of job I wanted to do. I, I got into trucking and I just stayed with trucking once I turned 21. Um, and at one final moment where I was just, you know, driving across the country, I was doing uh, uh, tours for Simon Detour, you know, driving all these like the Jonas Brothers around all their equipment and stuff from mall to mall across America, you know, and and I just couldn't do it no more, you know, yeah. bouncing around on the road for 10, 12 hours a day, man, really, you know, messes up your back. And yeah. I said, screw it, you know, I quit that job. And I was sitting at home on my computer, just looking around shit to do. And, uh, and Cerakote came about, you know, like a, a ceramic refinishing for firearms. Yeah, and that's um, something you've kind of like, specialized in and almost become an artist in it doing during high school or during my high school times i was huge into art i loved drawing i loved you know painting stuff like i was always into that stuff um so i figured you know what i have a creative sense you know i, I have artistic ability let me see if i could apply that into the firearms world so i looked for a you know local company to see if anybody did it ended up finding a place um, was working there for three years, you know, taking this firearms thing off the ground and, uh, and eventually got shit canned from there too, because, you know, just things didn't work out. And, mm -hmm. uh, it basically lit a fire under my ass and I said, fuck it. I'm never working for, for so any man again on this planet, dude. It's, it's, I, I am me now. And see, that's, that's something, that's a nugget that, that I want people to understand. Yeah. You got to burn the boats, yeah. jump off the cliff yeah. and go and just losing is not an option failure is not an option and have Keep that on mindset. trying until you feel like you've exhausted every opportunity mm -hmm. and you know working for these other places they're just stepping stones they're 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 milestones in my life i learned certain things during you know my time with this company i learned certain things with this job you know what i mean so i apply all those things together and now once you finally start your own business you remember all those times that you were working for the other people or how to do this, how to do that, you know, gain knowledge and experience, gain knowledge and experience in, in a business platform. <laughs> and, you know, here we are today. So you were how old once you had left your previous employer? You said you were there three years. Um, 
Well, I'm 35 now, so I've been doing this for about almost eight years now. So this is probably like eight and a half, nine years ago. And did you start painting the guns in a shop? Did you have a setup at your house? I started a small little rinky-dinky shop in uh, my apartment building in South River. Mm -hmm. You know, my father helped me put it together. Dude, we, we may shifted a, a freaking spray booth. We knocked a hole in the retainer wall and put a fan in there, made our own spray booth, and, and, uh, and I just have at it, you know? Just, I was doing Cerakote jobs for local cops and local friends and people who knew who I was, you know? I mean, they saw my artistic ability in, in Cerakoting and I kind of just snowballed it from there. Yeah. You know, I, I tracked enough money or gained enough money to finally be able to move it to a next level. I rented a little space from another little store in New Jersey in Woodbridge. Um, was there for about five, six months. And me and that guy, we just couldn't see eye to eye. Like I would come in the morning, like I'm renting space from him, doing jobs for him. I would have my own little cubicle in, in the bottom of his store. And if you came in and the door was open, he'd be like, why the fuck is this door open? Well, you know, that, sh that doesn't sit well with me. Like, yeah. um, so I couldn't do it there either. So I gained enough money and, uh, and we started our first little shop, Savage Cerakote, um, in Oldbridge. You know, it was a hole in the wall behind a chip chop shop, behind a, a, a chainsaw store, you know, on 18, you know, in the middle of the slums. And, uh, and then we snowballed it from there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And fast forward, you moved over to your spot mm -hmm. now in Spotswood. Mm -hmm. And um, prior to, I mm -hmm. want to actually just rewind a minute. Yeah. Prior to all that, mm -hmm. getting your FID card was a problem for you actually getting into the gun space. Yeah. You had some problems in your local police department that maybe because of your childish ways and some of the, the things that you did while you were getting in trouble, you had some people that weren't a big fan of yours. Yeah. So, you know, obviously growing up in South River, you know, I was, I was known as the troublemaker. Every cop knew who I was. They're like, yeah, that's Derek, you know, always causing trouble or, or you know, causing problems and stuff. And, uh, you know, I believe that had all with, you know, not getting my FID card and, and getting that denial and stuff like that, even though I didn't have anything major on my record, you know, but it was enough for them to say, you know, he's, this guy's had enough incidences with, with the law, you know, we're not going to push it through. And, uh, you know, I looked into to further outlets, you know, getting lawyers and, and moving up the, the chain. You so know? you were driven to do this. You were driven I, to driven. do the Saracoding. You were driven to sell guns. I never let anybody tell me that I can't do something in life, you know. Yeah, so that's, you put your head down and said, that's it. at some point I'm going to be able to get this FID card. It may yeah. mean getting over around and, and under some hurdles, yeah. but this is my end vision and I'm going to chase it down as long this as it takes me. This is my passion, you know, so I'm going to chase it and I'm going to be the best that I can. I'm going to be the best store in New Jersey and hell, you know, even one day if, you know, if God lets me take it there, then I'll be the best in the country. Yeah. So. And... You know, moving back to SE Arms and mm -hmm. your store in Spotswood, about how many square feet do you have there? You have a paint booth, you have storage. You we have started off um, renting off one little space. You know, it used to be like a laundromat or something like that and took over that one space. Um, you know, it was a small little shop. You know, I had like two cabinets, you know, just 10 guns in there on display. And, and more of my business was the Cerakoting and stuff. And, you know, in Oldbridge still, we, we started small with retail. I was like, you know, let me try this. You know, I got access to distributors and let me see where I could take it from there. You know, so I ordered one or two guns and, and saw people were like, wow, you know, this is great. 
you know, you should get more guns or more accessories or more ammo. And it was just always figuring out new things like how am I going to, you know, display more guns or display ammo or, you know, advertise my business, you know. So it was always progressing as we go. Um, started off that one side in Spotswood, you know, with just retail in Cerakote now. And it just, you know, it blew up from there. And you blew out the wall next door, took over the... You know, after, after two years of being on one side and, and having the entire showroom packed with people shoulder to shoulder, you know, and no room to put gun boxes in the back, I said, I either got to move and find a bigger building or I got to do something. And, you know, I, it just happened to happen. The dollar store guy next door couldn't pay his rent. Something happened with him and his wife and he had to up and leave. And I was like, you know what, this is gold. I contacted the, the landlord. I was like, hey, how much for me to take over the spot next door? And would you be opposed to me knocking a hole in the wall and combining two stores? That way I could still have one address and not have to get another FFL. And he says, have at it, you know, just do yeah. it, everything, you know, do everything by the book, knock the hole in the wall. And now I got a 3000 square foot showroom with, you know, probably the most stocked store in New Jersey. Now I want to touch on that real quick about yeah. knocking the hole in the wall and how that still wraps under one FFL Yeah. for people who maybe aren't as experienced in guns. And yeah. we know in the media, especially over mm -hmm. the last 10 years, um, you know, big time over the last four years, even during the Trump era, yeah. there was a, a real attack on guns. Even with that riot that went on mm -hmm. um, out West, you know, you had this young kid who was attacked and he had to utilize a weapon to protect himself, and you start to hear the media going. They're, they're, they're flaring this and that. Yeah. But the actual restrictions that legal gun owners have on themselves, the understanding of safety, right? Just like why mm -hmm. you won't have a bourbon while we're sitting here with completely yeah. empty you know, clips. We have no ammo anywhere in sight. Yeah. They're still like, hey, I'm not going to drink. Uh, you know, when we have guns out. That's being a responsible gun owner. Being a responsible you know? gun owner. So, so making sure that you're following all these proper guidelines that are put into place by the people following the laws, we still have people who, you know, get upset at guns and don't understand the, the hoops you need to jump through to sell them, to own them. So explain a little bit about that FFL and, and being underneath one umbrella, the two store So, fronts. you know, any address has to have its own FFL. Um, my loophole to that was I'm still in the same building. It's a, it's a plaza. There's multiple stores there, mm. suite one, one through five. You know, I'm suite five, four and five. Um, and the reason why I did that is because I knocked a hole in the wall. So it's basically one unit and you use one door still to get in. And I put a sign on the other door, please use other door for entry, you know? So I still have suite four and five, but you know, I'm operating under my sweet five, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I just basically expanded my space. You know, I knocked a hole in the wall. So yeah. it's one giant open showroom. You know, that's the that's the way. And what know? are the other type of restrictions or laws do you have to follow uh, in regards to being an arms dealer? Security. I'm big with security. Mm -hmm. um, you might have seen those people trying to break into my store. Um, it was all over. The, it. it was all over the news. You know, they came in and they did news uh, news reports there. Um, security. Um, these people that open gun stores, they think that um, they think you just open a gun store and not be safe. You know, like the the people that tried robbing my store immediately after robbing or trying to attempt to rob my store went to North Jersey a half hour later and tried to attack or, or break into another store by throwing a cinder block through the window. They literally threw a, a cinder block through the window, went in, broke the glass case took the guns and, and took off, you know, like, 
guns are guns are expensive. You know, they're expensive item. That's not me, man. Like uh, I'll spend I'll spend the money on on getting the proper security, like the stainless steel sheeting that are on the back of the windows, bulletproof tinting, um, mirror tinting, like anything to stop uh, 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 an intruder from coming in. You know, alarms, sensors, everything. You back know? back to the question though: What yeah. is the guidelines though? So you're you have ammo there that you're selling. So when you're when you're opening a gun store, they always require things. They always require safe surveillance cameras and and you know, safe entry into the store or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they'll come and inspect it before they even approve your FFL. You know, state police will come out, ATF will come out, they'll do a walkthrough, they'll be like, okay, you got security cameras, you have this, you have that, uh, you're good to go. You know, they'll tell you. Now, what about people who may be coming into the store that may be in a bad time in their life or they're mm -hmm. involved in some, some shady business? Um, is there some type of requirement? You know, in my world, in, in finance, without saying too much, because I'm not allowed to, you know, there's a requirement of me to make sure that they're not doing illegal, you know, monetary transactions, money laundering, things of that nature. And if something happens underneath my nose, whether I knew it or not, mm -hmm. I can be held responsible. Are you supposed to keep, obviously you have to fill out an application and get all those things approved to purchase a gun. But you apply through the ATF and state police for your federal license and, uh, and, and they take it from there, you know. Mm. They'll, they'll tell you what steps you got to take. They got to tell you, you know, what you need. Um, you know what type of security you need they'll walk you through all those steps you know anybody can open an ffl you just have to have a storefront you know in earlier years you used to be able to open an ffl right from your own house mm -hmm. you know and i think over the years you know so many people were applying for home-based ffls they're like you know yeah Not you should probably put a kibosh to that because a lot of people were using ffls to be able to get you know certain types of weapons that not everybody could get and those guys were like, yeah, you know, I'm cool. I got this, you know, I got that. And they would bring a gun to another range and get in trouble with it. And that's kind of like where I think ATF started putting a kibosh on, on, uh, on home-based FFLs. Now there is know. different tiering, right? So for example, different levels, this, yeah. um, fully automatic machine gun yeah. that you have behind us is from the sixties. This was actually a military yeah, so weapon. That would be considered a class three dealer. Um, we're allowed to have, you know, the the full auto machine guns, the SBRs, the the the, the NFA items, sort of say. Um, Is that a special qualification? Special license, so you just apply for it, you know, and mm -hmm. and and you get your rectum checked more than most law enforcement in this state, and they come and they they do a record check on you, and you get your your certificate and your license, and there you go. So again, you know, I'm 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 kind of trying to drill down a point here with people mm -hmm. who are afraid of weapons and don't have an understanding of weapons, and nor do I think I'm you know a, a great marksman or or a gunsmith, mm -hmm. but I do have a basic understanding of the laws. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the let's talk about the requirement in the state of New Jersey that varies for some other states that are a little bit more free, like making sure that we pin the, the, the bump yeah, so stock. And New Jersey, you're, you're based on, on all compliant rifles is, you know, you have to have a, a pinned or fixed stock, um, a pinned or welded muzzle brake. And for people that don't um, know, what's, what's the pin mean and why, what is the, the so use of them making you do that? It's, uh, you know, the law in New Jersey pisses me off because you could have a, a non-NFA other that has an adjustable pistol brace and a 10 and a half or 12 and a half inch barrel that's 100% legal mm -hmm. in New Jersey. But we have a 16-inch rifle over here that's not much longer than a non-NFA gun, but now you have to pin a stock 
and pin a muzzle brake um, and have the 10 round mag, you know, just it, to me, it doesn't make sense, but that's these laws that, that people are putting into place. Um, it's stupid if you ask me, but, um, but that's the difference, you know, a non NFA firearm, you can have adjustable pistol braces and flash suppressors on it, Do but a 16 inch rifle, you have to have your pin muzzle brake and a pin stock. Does it have anything to do with, and this may be a, um, uneducated question, but mm -hmm. does it have anything to do with the bump stocks and, and being able no. to turn something that isn't an automatic it's, rifle into it? It's, or? they think that it, if it's more concealable, sort of say, you know, or easy, easily adjustable for, for different reasons, you know, whatever the, their reason if may be. If someone has just, a problem and, and they're mentally ill and they're going yeah. to, to inflict harm on people, an adjustable, gonna, an adjustable stock's not going to stop you from yeah. doing any of that yeah. shit. You, know? you could pull up in your car, you know, over here yeah. in, in uh, Manilokan, there was a young cop that pulled someone over. The guy was fully decked out in, in, in body armor had a ton of ammo and weapons in the vehicle and, and under the influence. He actually crashed. That's how they got do him. Do you think a, a criminal in New Jersey, a criminal, is going to follow a 10-round ten, ten fucking mandate on a mag? No. You think he's going to follow that? No. He's going to go out to, to different states or, or go somewhere else and buy 30-round mags because yeah. it's legal in other states. You know yep. what I mean? There's nothing that prevents you from going to a... a, a a gun show in Pennsylvania and buying a 30 round Mac because it's legal there. It's a free state. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even if, even if a, a, a smart criminal lived in New Jersey and said, you know, yeah, we got a 10 round Mac capacity. You think he's going to go somewhere with one mag? No, he's going to have a hundred mags. You know yeah. what I mean? 10 round mags. It's just stupid. You know, there's, yeah. there's no point for a 10 round Mac capacity. There's no point for a pin stock. There's no point for a pin muzzle brake. Yeah. You know, why have it on on one thing and you can't have it on the other? Yeah, there's, there's no rhyme or reason. It's kind of like COVID. There are rules yeah, for COVID. But yeah. jump back in. We gave the cameras a quick break. We shot off a couple rounds. We got sparkling waters. Spin drift. Cheers. Hashtag spin drift. You know, we'll throw you in a cooler all summer. <laughs> so I, I wanted to talk about the, these quick weapons. Um, yeah. Or quickly about these weapons, I should say. So this I actually recently purchased from you. I'd been searching around for ARs. Again, I'm not an expert on, on weapons, um, but I did know that Daniel Defense was doing a great job. They're an American company. Yep. Um, they're out of Georgia, correct? Yep. And um, this is something that you painted or you ordered it in this color? This came is in that color. Yeah. Um, was something like a, a brownish green color I was kind of mm -hmm. looking for. You called it doo-doo brown, I think. you. I mean, I, that's an insult. I think it looks good. Doo-doo brown because I got a Knight's Armament gun, um, an original Knight's Armament gun. It's a Navy SEAL gun. It took me almost two years to, to find two missing pieces. And I put it on the Knight's Armament page. I think it was like on Facebook or something like that. And I posted a picture of it. And those dudes hammered me. They're like, who the fuck would paint this thing doo-doo brown and stuff like that? So, you know what? Fuck those guys. Doo-doo brown is my color. and Yeah, you know, I think it looks great. I and, love it. And, you know, it flies with me. And I love browns and I love tans and stuff like that. So that's yeah. that's my color from now on. Every time I see a brown rifle, it's doo-doo brown. Let's quickly talk about this AR and some of the accessories that mm -hmm. you either ordered it with or you added to yeah. when it came to your store. Just briefly go over some of the basics of it for people. So, you know, when you came in or, or any other customer comes into my store, I love having options. Mm. Um, all my employees that are there, you know, they're, they're so well knowledgeable in, in the firearms world and accessories and gear and stuff like that. Um, and 
Most people, when they come and, and buy a gun, you know, they always want to accessorize it. They want to do this to it. They want to do that to it. So why not have everything in-house and, and give people options? You know, I might not have everything uh, in the world, but... We didn't I, have a red dot for it. We do need to get it. But we do have some nice selections of red dots, you know. But uh, we have a lot in stock, you know. And you picked a great rifle to begin with. Daniel Defense makes a quality product. You know, they do have military contracts. They, they are uh, used all over the world. Um, and that's a phenomenal platform, you know, and then from there you could take it to the next level. You could put, you know, different bulk carrier groups and triggers and slings and attachments to yeah, it. Yeah, we you put know, a you sling could, on it. We added the handle. You could for... definitely personalize it to, to your being, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to your liking. So, um, and then in the middle is a, a gun that I actually purchased uh, prior to meeting you, which is just a basic home defense weapon. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a 12 gauge shotgun. Talk a little bit about the different shotguns and, and specifically the 12 there gauge. There is so many shotguns on this planet. Um, I always tell people, you know, you're gonna have to see what your preference is, what your end goal is. What are you looking to do with it? Are you looking to target shoot? Are you looking for home defense? Are you looking to go clay bird shooting? Like. What's your end goal with a specific, you know, firearm platform? Um, so you know, I purchased endless... that while all the riots were going on, and mm -hmm. the you know um, organizations were threatening to going yeah. into regular towns and cities. And I said, I got a kid and a wife. I need something for home defense. Yeah. So that's a great option for that because one, it's a pistol-gripped pump-action shotgun. It's got sights on it. Mm. It's got rails so you could attach, you know, a flashlight or a yep. laser or something like that. And I so, learned through the last guys, Duncan yeah. Defense, yeah. flashlights in a home defense case, God forbid you ever had to protect your family. Key, major it, key. It, it's yeah. key because they want to make sure that you're able to identify yeah. the person ent entering your home. Make so, sure it's not an old person with senile. Exactly. So, you know, in a shotgun sense, you know, a lot of people, you know, either shoulder fire it or hip fire it i'm a i'm a big fan of hip firing stuff so you know most of my shotguns all have lights and lasers on them because i'm not shoulder firing it walking it through the house you know i have it at my hip so i have both eyes on what's going on around me you know whether my wife pops out of the room or a kid pops out of the room you don't want to accidentally point the the muzzle at them or something like that you know there's you, and the lasers make your gun so accurate you know if you're anywhere close to that laser for a shotgun you know most home defense scenarios happen within 15 yards or less and it's buckshot and if you got a shotgun with you know home defense ammo in it you're not missing dude where that laser's pointed is where that round's going you know what i mean as long as it's sighted in as long as it's not two feet over to the left or something yeah. you know but you gotta you know you gotta take time and, and go to the range and sight your stuff in my handgun i i had uh it all sighted in we have a light and a laser combo mm -hmm. uh, on there, and, and uh, we practice using the sights a lot as well as the yeah. laser. Um, that is it, good to have on all shotguns, for sure. Yeah. Lights and lasers. Yep. And this weapon we, we briefly referred to earlier, this is a gun from the 60s. It's a military weapon. It is a machine gun. Yes. Um, this is something that you painted yourself. What was your kind of... So, you know, I'm big into the old wartime era guns you know world war one two stuff um this happens to be a world war ii era gun you know it's a colt model two um to the regular civilian it is illegal um you do have to have a class three license for that because it's stamped uh colt ar-15 on there and it is a full auto machine gun too um so we have special uh special licensing for that um but are you able to fire something like that at a range in New Jersey? Certain ranges. There's a lot of guys that don't <coughs> like it because they don't know who you are. They don't know what kind of experience you have. But 
there are some local rangers that know me and know the training that I've done and, uh, and know that I have a lot of, you know, class three firearms. Um, so they allow me to. You now, know. is this something that you would sell out of your, your store? Or? Uh, to local law enforcement or military, we can. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, but and, to the civilian, you cannot. And, and that's something I want to jump into. Mm -hmm. And briefly, everybody knows what a handgun is for. Um, we didn't want to bring mine out, but uh, a handgun is obviously something you can use for personal protection or, or home defense as well. I have mm -hmm. a, a Glock, fifth generation. Um, but you do a lot with law enforcement. I do. Um, so someone who doesn't know you, thinking this guy's a gun guy, they see your social media, which you do a great job of grabbing eyeballs on and, mm -hmm. and getting people talking because that's what people don't realize it's actually all about in regards to marketing. You do a lot with law enforcement in regards to donating guns, ammo, as well as selling to a lot of yeah. uh, police officers. In Services, those too. Like um, What got me on the map, too, I guess, uh, would be back when I was in Old Bridge, when I had my small little shop. Um, I said, you know what, I'm doing good. You know, the, the store is expanding and growing. Um, let me give back to the community or something. So um, I found the local township, uh, Spotswood. And, you know, from their, their cops coming into the store and seeing who I was or what I was doing, you know, I asked them what kind of shotguns they had, and they said they had Remington 870s. Um, and they were all beat up. And I was like, you know what, perfect. I refinish firearms for a living. I was like, let me donate this to the town. Let me take all of their service weapons, disassemble all of them, Cerakote them, go through their mechanics, make sure they're 100%, put new stocks on them, number them so every car has a numbered shotgun in them so they know which one to grab. And now they're perfect functioning firearms for the, uh, for the law enforcement that they could use, you know, for another 30 years, you know? and. And that's basically how I started and, and got on the map, you know, just doing stuff for law enforcement. Yeah, so recently you were in some type of uh, court setting and you were either donating guns or you had... <clears throat> that, was a, that was a video posting the recognition from Spotswood when we did the, the firearms for him. That's yeah. awesome. And are you yeah. working with other local... Yeah, you know, I'm a main gunsmith for a couple other local police departments um, and their SWAT teams and stuff like that. Anybody that has issues with their guns machine guns, anything like that for Edison SWAT team, Edison Police Department, South Brunswick, Spotswood, you do anything East on Monroe? Brunswick guys. Uh, I've helped out a lot of Monroe guys. Um, I'm not familiar with all of them, but you know, they use their, their, their specific guys, but a lot of them do come to me, you know, when they need help, you know, mm -hmm. if they need something fixed, clean, done, or something quick on the fly, we, we always take care of the guys, especially yeah. all local PDs, you know, um, and, and I tell those guys too, you know, reach out to all your other, you know, chiefs and towns. Any police department that needs something in the state of New Jersey, I will take care of you. I will hook you up. If you need guns, if you need ammos, if you need gear, reach out to me, you know, because I know times are tough right now. Ammo is really hard to get. I got great connections for ammo. So if you can't get something from a local supplier, reach out to me. I'm, you know, I might be able to donate a case or two to you, you know, for the police department for qualifying and stuff. I, I know how it is out there. So let me ask you this in regards to the ammo, because this is mm -hmm. something that I'm actually, you know, uh, thoroughly curious about. <clears throat> I belong to a coaching group called the Lions Den with Sean Whalen and mm -hmm. uh, big on weapons, you know, naturally he's going to attract, you know, business owners that are hustling in the space that think like he does. Mm -hmm. um, there's a good amount of guys in there that are authorized dealers, but they're mm -hmm. really, I could tell, or I think from afar, you know, have a garage set up at their house or, um, you know, something in their basement or a very mm -hmm. small storefront. You know, what is your process that you go through to make sure that you're getting quality ammo and you're dealing with somebody that's legit 
<clears throat> being in the business for for many years, you kind of like you'll you'll go through the people, and, and you know who's legit and who's not. You know, I, I've I've been doing this long enough to say that you know I know some of the big players out there um, in the firearms world, and you know. I find my own avenues. You know, a lot of these people, you know, especially in New Jersey now, everybody's saying that, that ammo is expensive. Well, you know, ammo is really tough to get because there's short on primers and components in the country or even in the world, you know. Other people are scrambling to get stuff, you know. And while other shops are, are scrounging to get one or two cases from a distributor, I'm, you know, finding different countries that have supply or stash of ammo and finding quality so stuff. How from, does that work? So overseas, a, a purchasing finding ammo. a broker and then just having everything shipped in here. You know, it's uh, and it's I'm just, sure there's some type of legal process that that has to yeah, go. Yeah, it has through. to be approved by ATF. It has to go through brokers, and you know, there's a there's a transaction history for everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, going to that, like, instead of going through your distributor where they're only offering you one, two cases or three cases of ammo, you put it on the shelf for for your normal price. I don't mind spending the money and spending more than what people would buy, but at least it now gives my store the 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 extra lending hand, I guess, because now I have a constant flow of ammo. Yeah, it might be a little bit more, um, but I have a constant feed of ammo. You know, you're not scrounging around from store to here or there, you know, looking for the cheap stuff, you know. that That's just the way that I am. Yeah, and that's going to drive, you know, just from a business perspective, it's going to drive... You know, yeah. people into your store that are gonna, then going to purchase. The, my buddy I brought with me the day yeah. I purchased this gun, um, he was looking for ammo. Yeah. And his girlfriend had known somebody that worked for you, and she yeah. was saying, this guy gets a good amount of ammo, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, he ended up purchasing a, a nice weapon for you that was probably a nice purchase, right? It yeah. wasn't something that was inexpensive. Yeah. Um, so really smart from a business mindset. I am, I'm, I'm not about, like, there's a lot of guys in this industry that are looking to uh, to get rich quick. Um, everybody that knows who I am and, and knows where I come from, um, I'm doing this to, to, to do this for the rest of my life. This is now my passion. Yeah, it's um, a long game. It's the long game, you know? I'm not about getting rich, man. I drive a Chevy pickup truck, man. I got a, I got a wife and kid at home. I don't have anything fancy, you know? I just, I wanna pay my bills and, and be able to uh, uh, supply guns and ammo to the people that need it, you know? Yeah. And, it's not about getting rich, man. It's just the long, the long road ahead, you know, because when shit does slow down and it will slow down, you know, this time right now that we're living in, it's crazy. You know, people are buying guns left and right. It's Why not do you think that is? Politics, you know, politics, this COVID crap, you know, I don't like getting involved in that stuff because, you know, it's always he said, she said, and, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, I do my own thing. Like yeah. if I see that there's a need for something. I'll go out, I'll spend the money, I'll get it to my store, and I'll give people the best service that they ever had. In what New is Jersey. what is the, 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 the hardest ammo to get right now? Um, everything's pretty tough. Like right now I've noticed that 357 is really, really hard to get. Mm -hmm. um, 44 uh, mag, um, 38 special, you know, we'll get trinkets of it in here and there, um, but I found that that's pretty hard to get right now. Yeah. Um, 12 gauge, 9 mil, I mean 9 mil, we got millions of it. We got containers of it. You need mm -hmm. it. We have a steady flow. 12 gauge buckshot slug, probably the cheapest in the state. Mm -hmm. um, I got 25 rounds of slug for 20 bucks, mm -hmm. 25 rounds of double O buck for 20 bucks. I don't think you can find that anywhere. Um, That's great. And I got millions of that. You know what I mean? So um, let's jump into a little bit of the business mechanics. Yeah. Um, you have about, you know, when I was in there, you probably had 
quick, you know, Matt, I, I think there was probably five or six people working with customers as well as yourself in there. You were painting yep. in the back. Yep. How many total employees do you have? Um, give or take between part-time guys and full-time guys, I probably have eight total. Yeah. Um, I never thought I would be in that position. Um, I'm thankful for my employees that I have now, man, because without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, the store wouldn't be who, who, who we are today without them. You know, these guys are super knowledgeable in firearms. You know, my secretaries and stuff, they're, they're awesome by, you know, calling and doing NICS checks every single day. You know, people still call and they're like, hey, when's my NICS check going to be done? You know, they're so impatient. But, yeah, well, you, you want know, that gun. My ladies, every single day, man, you know, my crew, they're just awesome, man. They'll, and they'll take time with customers, too. Like, people come in to, you know, I've heard it from other gun stores. You know, they'll go in and they'll, you know, other gun store owners don't give you the time of day or, or they just treat yeah. you like you what don't do you know want? better. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm about, man. Yeah. You want to come in here? We're not just going to sell you a gun. We're going to sell you the experience. We're going to sell you, you know, information and, and what the firearm is. Like, and we're going to explain it to you. And if you're not comfortable with it, I always tell people when you're purchasing your first firearm, don't just grab something off the shelf because it feels great in your hand or, or whatever, or you read it online. Don't follow that YouTube online bullshit because mm -hmm. every person is different. Yeah. It might feel good in your hand, but the moment you bring it to the range, it, it might be the most uncomfortable gun you've ever shot in your life. Yeah. Do it from personal experience. I always tell people to go to different uh, you know, gun ranges that offer rental guns. Like my two go-to places are Gun For Hire and Woodland Park, which Anthony Calandro is a great guy. He does a, a great podcast too for the you know the two-way world. I send people there because his rental wall is probably the size of my entire gun wall. Yeah. And then Sure Shot down in Lakewood, you know. So I give people the north or the south option. Mm -hmm. You know, they have rental guns there. Go down there, go shoot it, go try something out, and see what you're gonna do better with. Yeah. See what you're gonna group with, and then make a decision based off of that. Yeah. Not just reading on something like on YouTube, like you know, this shooter was shooting a Glock 19 and. I've heard great things, and now i got to own it. You yeah, know? you're trying to create a, a full experience for someone. They're coming in and giving them education. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of times I touch on this with other business owners, and <clears throat> it's, it, a lot of people talk about grind, and I read it in Tim Grover's uh, book. Uh, I think it was Winning. He was the coach of Kobe and Michael Jordan. And <laughs> he talks about – what did I do with that lighter? He talks about, you know, everybody wants to grind, grind, grind. He said, you know, what happens when you grind something? It turns to ashes. You got to shape it. You got to form it. You know, a business for you. You got to make sure that you're getting the proper people in place, like your assistants who can sit there and take care of Nick's checks. Yep. You're better suited painting a gun or giving education to law enforcement yep. or doing other things the business owner does. And that sometimes can be scary, right? Because you're trying to get to a certain income level yourself and you're like, man, I got to hire this person. This is 30 grand, 50 grand, whatever the dollar amount may be. Um, talk a little bit about that and kind of where your, your, your mind shift came and said, hey, I, I need to expand upon what I'm doing here. You know, when I find employees and stuff, I'm always looking for somebody that's very knowledgeable in the firearms world. And, and I don't just hire people off the street that I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I'm very picky choosy when I get somebody uh, to work for me, you know. It's either, you know, uh, through a friend or, you know, word of mouth or, you know, a retired law enforcement, somebody that's already got history and experience in that world, mm -hmm. you know, because anybody could sell a gun to anybody, you know, hey, it's a nine millimeter gun. It's the hottest thing on the planet. You should buy it. Like yeah. anybody could do that. But, you know, my guys know the mechanics, know the history. 
you know, know what's used, know how to take that gun apart, you know, no technical questions like, you know, what safeties are on it, you know, how to take the gun apart in two seconds, the whole nine. Like, that's the stuff that I'm looking for when I hire employees, you know, mm -hmm. um, and somebody that has a sense of, uh, of firearm safety, you know, because. And you and you need those employees because you've done a good job marketing yourself. And I'm doing a bunch of stuff with with Fireside, which is really a passion project and trying to inspire yeah. other people to take you know different routes than what we're socially conditioned to think is is the mm -hmm. right way to go and um you know a guy like you you're sitting there going you know how do i drive more people into my store i want to make sure i have ammo i want to have this but i have observed you're pretty active on social media yeah and a lot of people you know take shots at social media take shots at people what they do on social media but they don't realize the concept is getting the eyeballs on them now, some people do it as the villain. Some people do it as the, the genuine, legit guy. Other people kind of ride the fence, whatever it may be. You have a couple different social media. I think you have the Cerakote Savage, yeah, which is something you kind of launched originally when you yep. were painting the guns. You have SE Arms. Yeah. Uh, you have your own personal page, which is yeah. The Real Derek. Um, talk a little bit about your thought process with social media and what it's done for your business. Um, I've always found that social media is, is, a, is a funny game, you know what I mean? So how to get out there and how to get, you know, known in the social media world is you have to have a click. Um, tribe. You have to have a tribe on social media. Um, so a lot of people don't notice. That they're like, how do you get so many followers or how do you get this or how do you get that? Well, you know, I put myself in, in, in good positions. I, I'm very picky choosy of, of who I want to represent my brand or, you know, or, or shout out my company and stuff like that. I just, I don't let anybody do it, you know? So, um, you got to start a tribe, you know, there's like a handful of like 10 people that I really do close business with and you feed off of each other, you know, you'll post a picture, that person reposts it, tags one of their friends, that person tags our company, them and you know and it just keeps on going in this circle yep. and and if you keep on tagging other people you know you're going from showing the 7000 followers that I have on my page can now go to hundreds of thousands of followers on other pages cuz you don't know who's reposting that picture you yep. know Absolutely. And, and it could be a celebrity that's got a million followers it could be a celebrity that's got 100 million followers you never know you know what i mean but you got to just create a tribe and then you feed off of each other yep and, and you, all, you work together you all work together. And I like doing that too with local businesses as well, you know? Like yeah. Guys like yourself too, man. I, I see the drive in what you're doing, man, and, and, and I'm a fan of it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And that's something yeah. we do do. You know, yeah. you're going to go share this once Evan, who is behind the scenes all the time, but Evan edits all this, shoots the film, um, and, and puts some descriptions to these posts. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're going to share that. I'm going to pick up 10 followers, 20 followers, whatever it may be, 50 followers. Yeah. Um, those are people that did not know me prior to you know me having you on the show yep. and vice versa you know yep. people in my world that don't know that your store is out there in spotswood yep. and you know i put this post up after i purchased this weapon i had literally 10 guys i'd shared you a quick little text message That's where's awesome. that store at who's that guy you yeah. know and yeah, small world social media is powerful yep. and I, I i will say this the, the coaches i pay to this day still all the big influencers out there every single day that you are not fucking on social media, your competition's getting better at it. Every single yeah. day, you're not posting a video, your competition is getting better at it. And it's something that you should have in your daily routine. Now, whether you like it or not, 
that's fine. Yeah. Hire someone to do it then. Yeah. You know, grab some resources in your world and your group of people, your tribe, and yeah. there's somebody who may be really good at it and passionate about it. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you would like to highlight? You know, we've talked a lot about your, your service to the community, mm -hmm. law enforcement, you know, the qualifications of yourself, certifications that you and, and all your employees have. What are some other good little nuggets that you would give to an entrepreneur, not per se starting a gun shop, but just any type of small business? What are some one or two things that you think are, are, are extremely critical? Uh, don't be afraid to say no to things or deals. You know, you don't need every single deal out there um, to grow or expand, you know? If, you, if, you, if your gut tells you that something's not right, listen to your gut, man. You know, there's, there's plenty of deals or, or, or guns that I haven't sold to people because it just didn't sit right with me. So I always went with my gut, you know? Maybe I'm a little bit different than other people, but that's what I've realized, you know? Now, why wouldn't you sell it to these people? You're thinking they're problematic people that may do something wrong with it, or? I don't know, I like to say that I have a sixth sense, you know, and, and I, feel, I feel energies and things off of people differently than other people may have, you know? But, um, you know, there's times where, you know, where something might risk my, my business or my license, you know what I mean? And I just don't sit well with it. And I'll say no to a customer. And being a dealer in New Jersey, a lot of people don't know this, but you have every right to say no to any deal that comes into your store. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes into your store and you just don't, don't like their attitude or something like that, you don't have to sell a gun to them. Yeah. You can tell them to go shop somewhere else, yeah. you know? And, and I feel more people should be, you know, a little bit more for their business. Um, and you know, it's okay to say no to certain things, you know, that's, that's just the way that I am. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What, what is, you know, maybe one other, you know, nugget that you could pass on that, you know, I'm trying to find, um, little clips that are, are coming from all these different business owners that I'm interviewing things that may be a little bit different of a thought process in their head than someone else had mentioned already. Just try new things, man. Just don't give up, you know? Uh, just, just keep on pushing. You know, if something doesn't work, try the next thing. Just keep on going, man. Yeah. Eventually, eventually something's going to click in your head and you're going to be like, you know what? This is it. It's so true. You're it's gonna like find, the aha moment. You're, you're going to find that moment and you're going to be like, you know what? This is it. And that's what happened to me, man. I was, I was working for a company and, you know, he canned me and I said, screw it, dude. That, that, lit, that lit such a fire under my ass. And, and I created this, you know, and I'm not stopping anytime soon, man. I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to, I'm going to grow more. Uh, you know, my end goal is to, to have one of the biggest gun stores in the country, man. That's, that's my goal. So yeah. what, what are your, what are your realistic three and five year goals from a revenue perspective talking just business? Um, my three year goal probably within the next three years is to find a bigger building because I'm already outgrowing this place that I'm in now. Um, and, and introducing a uh, indoor gun range or outdoor gun range somewhere in New Jersey. You know, I'd love, love to stay local because I love my town. I love the people. I love the police departments around me. Um, you know, that's my three-year plan. But my five-year man is having something, you know, bigger than Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop out there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and taking the SC brand to a whole nother level. And not many people know this, but I do have my manufacturing license and SC Arms is an actual FFL. And, uh, 
you know, whether it might be this year or five years from now, um, I will have a rifle company and I will be a big brand. So you'll be trying to actually design your own weapons and building them yeah, and from the ground up. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. That's yep. a great goal to have for yourself. Yep. Well, dude, man, I, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, something I, I like to do is have you shout out to other local businesses, mm -hmm. you know, again, typically somewhere either around in your county or town or, mm -hmm. or something here in Ocean in Monmouth County um, that you think, you know, does it like you do and doesn't have to be guns, but um, good people, yeah. you know, providing good service, you know, good customer base. I have, uh, I have a lot of great friends that have a lot of businesses, but, you know, I, I tend to find the people that have that, that fire under their ass. Um, and two companies that I, I really want to shout out is a good friend of mine, Amanda, which is my wife's best friend. Um, she's got a business uh, that helps dogs out. It's called Paul Tecting Paws, and she makes, like, these dog boxes for for dogs and you know like a like a mail-in service or something like they'll send out packages and stuff um that's a great business you know amanda she is she all she does is hustle man doesn't matter what's what in it the is. packages um different treats goodies you know things for dogs and stuff like that and, mm. and i'm all about that you know helping animals too because yeah. you know there's a lot of people that that um that don't treat animals right so uh she's out there helping them out yeah any which way she can and she's a hustler you know she doesn't matter what it is, you know, out taking photos, doing stuff, doing parties, you know, she's uh, she's out there hustling. So she's a, a great addition. And where I, is she out of? Um, she's out of Freehold area. Freehold? Um, yeah. But she's a partner with the company. You know, she'd be a great asset on this show. Awesome. Um, what's and, another What's another business owner you would love to get? And another with? business is uh, a friend of mine, too, Koozie. Uh, her name's Christina, but everybody calls her Koozie. Um, and she owns two businesses, uh, Our Chingles Kitchen, where she makes custom cakes and cookies and stuff like that, and Dream It Balloon, where she does all these fancy like balloon, you know, displays for parties and engagement mm -hmm. and you know birthdays and stuff like that. Um, she's a hustler too, man. Twenty four seven. I don't think this chick ever sleeps. You know, she's out baking cookies till three o'clock in the morning, and at six o'clock in the morning, she's in a van going to deliver balloons somewhere else. You so, know? But that's so, what it takes. You know, people don't realize yeah. I'm out here in the misting rain with you shooting a podcast this is a, a lateral marketing strategy mm -hmm. in, re in regards to my business and my passion project but i worked all yeah. day i've been up since 4 30. uh i think i text you back at, at 5 a.m yeah yep. um so you know you're a business owner you gotta get out there and hustle if you want to get it. ahead that's it you know it's, it's providing that that lifestyle you want to live for your family yeah real quick and i'm and i'm i should have touched on it before you have a unique gun in your place which is autographed by trump <laughs> So there hasn't been any other weapons that I know of that have been to my knowledge um, and to my you know firearms experience. There's no other gun in the world ever signed by a president. So now, how do you know that that's authenticated and uh, JSA authenticated? And uh, and I happen to be friends with uh, Eric Trump. So mm -hmm. he's uh, he's a great great person, great friend. He's made some amazing connections and deals happen for me. So um, I like to keep those things close and to myself, but. Uh, without him, it wouldn't be possible. So that's awesome. Thank man. you, Eric. Uh, you're awesome. Yeah, dude, that that's cool shit. Yeah, well, dude, I appreciate you coming out. Thankfully, we didn't get a super cold night. Uh, it did start to mist on us a little bit, but that's right. Nothing that big. Thanks for bringing out the, yeah, the no gun. Problem, that's a beautiful man. piece that you uh, redid there. And uh, thanks yeah, for thank having me. And this this whole setup is freaking amazing. Man. Yeah, we got the snow around us today. Yeah, it gave it. us a nice little <laughs> place to stick the guns. 
Next um, time, uh, we'll leave the guns at home and we'll have some bourbons. Man. Yeah, next time we'll do some bourbon. For sure. We'll do it. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers on our uh, you, sparkling seltzer. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It was good, right? How long was that, Ev? How long? Yeah. Like uh, an hour or five. Cool. Mm. Gracias. Fucking cool. Let's do grab some pics of you guys, too. Yeah.